0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Ferguson, Missouri. This week we are stepping outside of our norm and comfort zone as Pastor Patrick and Pastor Josh preach in a back-and-forth dialogue format, exploring part of the creation account, the sixth day of creation when God created humanity, and how we humans have fallen into a cycle of ownership rather than stewardship, due to a misinformed understanding of what it means to have dominion over what God has created. This week's sermon, entitled From Ownership to Stewardship, is the second in our Lenten worship series, Breaking Cycles from Separation to Wholeness, and our text today is Genesis chapter 1, verses 21 through 31. To learn more about St. Peter's, you may find us on the web at www stpeterschurch.org or on Facebook by searching St. Peter's UCC Ferguson.
1: Now we will hear the word from Scripture today. It comes from Genesis 1 verses 24 through 31. And if you'd like to follow along, it's pages 1 and 2 in the Old Testament. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, And to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The word of our Lord. From the very beginning,
0: and I mean literally, literally from the beginning, minus five days, God realized that God cannot do any of this alone. And God decided God needed some help. So on that sixth day, God woke up and decided more had to be done, that creation had yet to reach its full potential. So early in that morning on the sixth day, first came Every animal and creature that would roam the land, cattle and creeping things, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And God saw that it was good. But that was not all. That was not the end of the day. There had to be something more, something to oversee, something to care for, something literally to shepherd creation to the fullness of its potential. Calling together the heavenly council, God said, look, we need a surrogate, something to care for, to care of the things and to manage this thing on a day to day basis while I am off doing other things. And a voice from the back of the room said, what's a surrogate? And God said, let us make a dom, a dom, Humankind. And they shall be made in our image according to our likeness. And so that's what God did. God created a partner to care for, to live among, and to live with the rest of creation. And it worked. At least for a while. For a while, human beings cared for creation. Human beings were the caretakers of all that God had made until... Until one day someone somewhere said, I have found a loophole. And a voice from the back of the room said, what's a loophole? Now on the first creation account, of the first creation account, scholar Walter Brueggemann states this. He says, the primary theme of the text, meaning Genesis 1, is that God and God's creation are bound together in a distinctive and deliberate way that God and God's creation are bound together by the powerful, gracious movement of God towards creation. Now what that means is that the relationship between God and all that God has made, all that God has made, is so deeply intertwined, is so intimate that ideally... Ideally, one should not be able to tell where God stops and creation starts. That every part of what God has made is of equal worth and value and should be cared for as such. But apparently, somehow, some way, someone found a loophole. Or if not a loophole, a very poor understanding of what God intended from the beginning. You see, we have in the book of Genesis two accounts, two accounts of God creating the heavens and the earth. We have this account, Genesis 1, the priestly account. Genesis 1 written about five to six centuries before the birth of Christ. And the second account, the Yahwist account that is found in Genesis 2, is actually the older of the two accounts of creation written about seven centuries before Christ. In the older account, beginning with chapter 2, verse 4, human beings are called simply to till and to care for creation. Or as Pope Francis wrote almost four years ago in his encyclical, encyclical entitled Care for Our Common Home, he said this idea of tilling and caring for implies cultivating, plowing, or working, caring, protecting, overseeing, and preserving God's creation. And concluded Pope Francis, he said this means a relationship of mutual responsibility between human beings and nature. A mutual responsibility between nature and human beings. And somewhere, somehow, along the way, a century or two later, care, preserving, and mutuality became subduing and dominion. We went from care and stewardship to dominion and ownership. From caring and stewarding to seizing and owning. And it's really gone downhill from there. Because boy do we as human beings love to own. We love to own And human history is filled with our sense, with that sense and our love of owning. I own my house. I say the bank actually owns it, but I say I own my house. I own my car. I own my clothes. I own my TVs. I own all kinds of consumer goods. And over the course of history, we have taken dominion to the point of owning land and owning people. And we have done it all, we have done it all in the name of God. We've even created this language of ownership. My house, my car, my kids, my, 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 mine, 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 my God, my church, my faith, my Bible, my Jesus. And this form of language, this view of seeing the world through the lens of ownership, only further perpetuates division and separation from one another, from God and from the wholeness of God's creation. And yet from the beginning, that was never the intent of God. As the psalmist proclaims, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For God has founded it on the seas and established it in the rivers. You know what that means, don't you? It means that creation is God's. All of creation belongs to God and not us. We're not owners of anything in this world. We have simply been called and created to be partners and stewards. To be faithful participants of creation, we must accept our rightful role. We must be willing to overcome this system of ownership that suggests this is mine. It's all mine. And we must shift back to the original intention of God in creation. The intention of stewardship. That we would be surrogates and participants. And we must move from stewardship to own, from ownership to stewardship,
2: overcoming our own sin of arrogance. That question of arrogance is really the question of the day, isn't it? Dominion, rule, all sounds like something we own, but it's something we control. In my head I go to the musical Hamilton. Are you all familiar with that musical at all? It's a musical that follows the life of Alexander Hamilton, one of our founding fathers, and specifically around the revolution, the American Revolution. And in this musical, there's this character, King George, and boy, is he satirical. He's big and boisterous. He uses flowery language to make himself look better. And he sort of embodies this sense of arrogance and rule and dominion. Here's just a couple of quotes to give you a piece. We have seen each other through it all, George says, and when push comes to shove... I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. George says, and no, don't change the subject, because you're my favorite subjects, my loyal, royal subjects, my sweet, submissive subjects, forever and ever and ever and ever. The dominion of King George is one of arrogance, of control, of power over instead of power with. And if we look at our own history, frankly, how often does dominion and rule in that sense work? How many dictators, kings, queens can we name that successfully created society with this idea of control? Not many. And even our biblical canon, we don't have hardly any examples. Think about the kings of the Old Testament. David... Saul, Solomon. Those are our best examples of kingly nature. And every single one of them screwed up. Saul got jealous of David and sought to have him killed multiple times. David cheated on his wife and then had the husband of his lover killed. And Solomon just flat out abandoned God. This idea of dominion as rule and control and power... Doesn't hold any water for us. And in fact, it's in direct contrast to the way God rules and has dominion. Psalm 72, for example, talks about ruling specifically. And the ruling in this particular chapter talks about delivering the needy and the afflicted, the weak, from oppression and violence. It has nothing to do with controlling and owning and having power and everything to do with being in community. In caring for one another. Ezekiel 34 is another example, specifically using shepherding language, and, and it's explicit in that shepherding of the flock is about the well-being of the flock, and has nothing to do with the selfishness of the shepherd. And then maybe our best example is Christ. Christ, who though was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God, as Philippians 2 says, something to exploit, but humbled himself. And then Genesis, God's act of creation of us. And God from the beginning says, let us, this divine counsel, let us in community make humankind in our image and according to our likeness. And God from the beginning doesn't express rule and dominion as something over, but blesses humanity and says, take care of this creation that we have made. Take care of each other. Dominion and rule, as Genesis 1 says, is about power sharing, and that's control. It's about living out this co-creation of God from the beginning. It's stewarding this co-creative power that God has blessed us with. And what's funny is in the day of creation that we were made, day six, I don't know if you picked this up, we didn't even share or we didn't even have our own day of creation Terence Fredheim puts it perfectly. He says it may be something of a disappointment to us human beings, but that we had to share our own day of creation. Day six. God created the animals and everything on the earth and then said, and let's make humanity in our own image. That we were grouped in with the rest of creation from the very start. That rule and dominion means sharing and caring. So yes, okay, fine. Scripture does tell us to subdue and have dominion over the earth. That's absolutely true. But remember, this is God's subduing and ruling. It's caring for the marginalized and oppressed, like in Psalms. It's caring for those around us, like in Ezekiel. It's sharing of power and not lording it over. It's a servant, a co-power mentality It's a, we're all created in God's image and all of it, every single piece of creation is very good. That dominion and subduing is about being good stewards of the order and of the goodness that God has created. The story
0: of God's creation account, specifically this story of God's creation account, is a movement. From the chaos that once existed in the void and darkness toward that sense of order. In the midst of nothing, God spoke these words. Let there be, and there was, and it was good. This priestly story is about order. Clear boundaries and definitions. Day one. And it was good day two and it was good day three and it was good day four, day five, day six, day six. It was very good day seven, the day of Sabbath rest out of chaos came order. This is the preference, the desire, the hope, the will of God. And yet humanity ever since has taken that order and consistently turned it upside down. We claim to own because owning insinuates power. If I own my home, then I possess more power than the person who rents. If I own my car, I theoretically possess more power than the person who must take public transportation to home from work and back. If I own more land, I presumably have more wealth. And if I have more wealth, then I presumably have more power. And if I have power and if I possess wealth, then I can use that power to my advantage by spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars to buy my child's way into college. And not only can I, but I feel entitled to feel entitled to do it. And when I feel entitled. I feel superior. I have superiority over you. And over others. And rather than seeing dominion as God intended. Rather than seeing dominion to again. To quote Brueggemann. Securing the well-being of every other creature. And bringing the promise of each to full fruition. I see dominion as having ownership and power over you. And if I am superior, and if I own, and if I have power over you, then that must make you inferior. And if I see you as inferior, I can do with you as I wish, for I feel I have supremacy, and you are disposable to me. If you're disposable to me, then I can walk into your place of worship because of my perceived entitlement of place and ownership and because of my perceived superiority, superiority and supremacy of religion over yours. And I can shoot and kill you as you pray, even as you welcome me, extending me hospitality as you worship. Now that, my friends, as you know, pushes back against the order of God's creation. This perpetuation of a cycle of ownership creates a cycle of violence. It creates a cycle of chaos. It attempts to undo what God has done. Yet, yet, yet there is good news. Because just as chaos did not have the final word on those days of creation. Chaos does not have the final word over us. Because God continually chooses to create. God continually chooses to create. God still calls us to see the image and likeness of God within each person. God still calls us to be stewards and partners of creation. God calls us to bring the promise. Of creation to full fruition and doing so, doing so through the revelation known as the kingdom, the kingdom, the realm of God. The kingdom of God calls us to see the whole of creation as God originally intended. The kingdom of God takes us back to that sixth day and says, let us create together Let us see together the world as I see the world. Let us together see creation, the earth, the sky, the plants, the animals of the sea and of the land and of one another as well. Let us see it all together. Let us together see it all as co-partners. Working together to bring about what God has intended literally from day one up through day seven. And we're to break that cycle that has left us separated from God and from one another, embracing a wholeness originally intended at creation.
2: So how do we break that cycle? How do we do it? How do we bring back together the community as God intended it? Well, maybe it means becoming a vegetarian or vegan or just eating less meat, right? Right? Because the mass creation of animals for slaughter is one of the biggest contributors of greenhouse gases destroying our own planet. And frankly, oftentimes the slaughter of our own animal family is not done in the most ethical way. Maybe it's simply using technology to our own advantage to care for this creation. Downloading apps like OffSense that helps offset our carbon emissions that we use when we drive our cars. Or using companies like Arcadia Power that does the same for our electricity. Or buying a Tesla or an electric vehicle and putting solar panels on your house. Or simply supporting more green and ethical companies. Maybe it's things like beautifying your yard to remind yourself of the connection to creation in the wider world. Planting trees and flowers. Making sure there's good habitats for all of God's animals. Or maybe it's something as goofy as hugging a tree or an animal, in a safe and healthy way, or hugging each other, to remind ourselves of our love and care and connection, to remind ourselves and help us reconnect with each other in a way that helps us do the good work that God has called us to. Maybe it's stop using plastic, something I personally struggle with, of being aware of how much plastic we buy each time we buy stuff at the grocery store or anywhere else. And if you want to dig further into this, there's this new company called LoopStore.com that is looking to reduce and pilot a program where there is no plastic used for everyday products. But sometimes it's just as simple as shifting our mentality, of paying attention, of noticing what's around us, noticing who we're caring for and who we're not, noticing how much we turn on our lights or drive our car, noticing what we do and how much time we spend outside. Sometimes it's just paying attention. Because the beauty and the grace and all of it is that, church, we have this unique ability as humanity. We have this unique ability to totally alter the earth. And we have this unique need where we are totally dependent on the earth. The grace of it is that from the beginning, from our creation, God said to us, you are to be co-creators with me. You are to share the rule and dominion that we have together. The beauty and the grace of it is that this big, mighty, powerful God, this God who is beyond even our wildest dreams, is a God who wants us to be in relationship with God, and with each other, and with all of creation. The grace of it is that we are loved and created in God's image, and we are co-creators and even co-conspirators together together. To create the kingdom, the kingdom, the dominion of God here on earth. That God doesn't lord any of this over us. God is no King George. That God is loving and caring and sharing everything with us. That God invites us. God creates space for us. God calls us beloved and calls us royalty kings and queens, to share in the dominion that God has created. And all of creation, every single bit, is called very good. That our community extends beyond just humanity, extends beyond just God and the rest of us here in church, that it goes even into all of creation. That's the grace in it all. Now, we don't do any of this alone. We can't do any of it alone. From the beginning, God said it is good that humans are together. So, church, hear that we do this in community. We do this love, this inviting, this caring and sharing, this listening and advocating. We do all of it together and the glorious and holy community that God has made. And so here that this work is not done alone. That we are to share the power, to share the love, and to share all that God has given us. For that is the call, the dominion, the rule of God. Amen.